Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. So we're going to start with scripture and we're going to start with Luke uh, chapter 21, verse 18. Luke chapter 21, uh, verse 18. And to give some context uh, to the scripture. So where we pick up is... Jesus is explaining to his disciples about the future. This is near the end of Jesus' ministry. He's about three months away from the cross. And, and so some of his disciples have some questions about the future, like what's going to happen when, when you're gone, Jesus? What's going to happen uh, you know, when he goes up to heaven? And like what's going to happen? So he's explaining to his disciples. And what he's telling his disciples is kind of scary leading up to this. He's, he's telling his disciples that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, and there's going to be earthquakes, and there's going to be crazy things happening in the world. And, and so the disciples listening to their Savior explain to them that things are going to be tough, and their eyes are getting swelled, they're getting big, you're like, okay, how, like, how are we going to do this? But then Jesus ends this long talk of, of explaining the future and telling them that there's going to be, you know, uh, great wars, but also great miracles, and there's going to be uh, persecution, but there's also going to be awesome things of God happening. And so he's explaining what's going to happen in the future, but then he ends it with this in Luke chapter 21, 18 through 19, he says this, he says, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm. Everybody say, stand firm. And you will win life. You will win life. Turn to your neighbor and say the uh, title for tonight's message, The Consequences of Cutting Corners. The Consequences of Cutting Corners. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for what you're doing in us and through us, Father, that we dedicate tonight to you, Jesus. We dedicate tonight to your spirit, Father, that we're excited to gather in your presence, Father, that we're, we're hungry for your word, Jesus. And, and let us, Father, get through this fast. We're halfway done, and I can smell Chick-fil-A right now, but I'm tampering down my flesh. I'm just listening to you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We dedicate tonight to you. And everybody said, amen, amen. So what Jesus is telling his disciples, something's happening over there. What Jesus is telling his disciples is that there's going to be high times and low times. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. There's going to be times when you question everything. But he's, he's telling them in that scripture, this way, he said, all you have to do is stand firm in me. Stand firm in me. And what, what do you say will happen? We will what? Win, right? We will win life. I don't know about you, but I like the word win. Okay, I'm kind of a competitive guy. If you ever played sports with me or a board game or really anything with me, I, you will notice I'm a competitive guy, and sometimes I will do whatever it takes to win. So when Jesus tells me to, that if I do something, then I will win life, then you guarantee it, I'm going to do it. And so what he's explained to his disciples is that things are not going to happen, but we have to stand firm. And we have to, if we stand firm, we will win this life. So what we're going to talk about tonight that there are some principles in our life that we have to stand firm in. There are some principles in our life that we have, a, have to have a close fist about. And what that means is that it doesn't matter what life throws at us. It doesn't matter what kind of valleys we grow, go through or what kind of things that come against us. If we're close fist about it, that means we're not letting go. Right? We're standing for them. We're not letting go. And so what we're going to talk about tonight is some principles that we've got to be closed fist about. And so to the point where it doesn't matter what kind of valley we go through, we're going to, be, we're going to hang on to it. Because you see, it's the times, right? It's the dark times. It's the tough times. It's the time when we are in the valley is when the enemy tries to make us contradict our values, right? 
right? It's, it's easy to live a Christian life when things are going good, but who knows it's hard to live a Christian life when things are not going good. But it's in those down times, it's in those valleys when the enemy will try everything he can to make you, right, let go of your values, let go of your principles. But who knows that what we got to listen to what Jesus said, we got to stand firm and we will win life. We got to stand firm and we will win life. So tonight we are going to discuss uh, four principles, or what like, I like to call them four corners of our life that are things that we have to right, have a close fist about. We have to stand firm with. And so um, these four principles might seem simple or might seem obvious, but who knows? It's, a lot of times it's the simple things that are the most significant in our lives, right? It's the things that we seem to think that, they're, that, that are obvious, but really they're so impactful. They're the things that we have to take hold of. Um, as you can see, we have the TV up here, so we're going to be interacting tonight. And so we're going to go over uh, four corners uh, Four principles that are going to be foundational, that are going to be principles, that something that God told me when I was just starting, really seriously starting my walk with God. He gave me these four principles as kind of a foundation of saying, Caleb, doesn't matter where life takes you, if you stand firm in these four corners, you will win life. When I read that scripture, and he gave me these four, four principles. So are y'all ready? Are y'all ready for tonight? You ready to get into four corners? So the first uh, corner, the first principle that we have to stand firm in is our responsibilities. Our responsibilities, and it barely fit up there good. Our responsibilities. Turn me to Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 23 through, through 24, and it reads this. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an, an, an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. See, did you know that the responsibilities that you have in your life were not given by man, but were, but were given by God? They weren't given by, by your boss, or they weren't given by your colleagues. They were actually given to you by God. You see, in every occupation or every opportunity that we are in, it's actually, right, it's, it's, it's not just something that takes up our time. It's an opportunity for us to serve God. And so sometimes it's hard because the enemy tries to convince us that our day-to-day -day jobs or the jobs that we have where we are serving a company or we're serving a customer. But in reality, when we, when we go to work and any responsibility we have, we are actually serving Jesus Christ. And that's something that's, that's kind of hard to get a hold of because you're saying, hey, I work in a totally secular company, how can you say I'm serving Christ? Because what it says, all things we do, we do unto him. Amen? Amen? See, when you, here, here's the thing, when you work for man, it's a job, but when you work for God, it's a joy. When, when, when you have a job, that you, when you work in a company, it's a job, but when you are saying I'm working for God, all of a sudden it becomes a joy. See, when you're working for men, sometimes you can get bitter about where you're at, but when you're working for God, you become better. Amen? So that's the paradigm shift that we're getting in is, is it doesn't matter what I'm putting my hands to. I'm doing it unto God. I'm not doing it for my boss or I'm not doing it uh, just for a customer. I'm doing it for Jesus Christ. And when you have that mindset, all of a sudden you will see that this job that you used to hate, you realize, no, this is a blessing, not a burden, right? This is something given to me. This is something that is, has opportunities. Amen? And when you have that mindset, I'm telling you, you're going to have so much more joy 
at your job. See, when we take Colossians 3.23 seriously and we say, you know what, I'm going to work with all our hearts, right? All my heart, I'm going to work unto God. That's when you're going to see promotion come. You see, because promotion and elevation, that only comes from God, right? That only comes from God. And the only way to align yourself with that is that you have to say, you know what, Father, this, this occupation, this job I have, I'm doing it unto you. And you will be surprised what happens when you start dedicating your life towards God, no matter what you're doing. When you dedicate it to God, you're going to see God's blessings being on it. Amen? Amen? Because there's one thing I learned. There are always two things that you can always control, no matter what. doesn't matter what people say to you. doesn't matter what people do to you. There are two things you can always control. You can always control your attitude, and you can always control your effort, right? You can always control your attitude, and you can always control your effort. So it doesn't matter what kind of, where you find yourself in this season. Because sometimes it's in, the, it's, it's, in, it's in the tough seasons. It's in the seasons we don't understand. It's in the seasons where we don't, we're not at where we thought we would be, that we, we get down on ourselves. And you say, you know what? I thought I would be here by now. I thought I would be doing this by now. And we tend to let ourselves, right, right? We let our attitude get sour. We let our effort get sour. But when we say, you know what? I'm doing this unto God, and I'm going to control my attitude no matter what. No matter what people say around me, I'm going to influence them. They're not going to influence me. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm going to give full effort. I'm telling you, when you have that and you control those two things, you're going to see elevation and promotion come like that. Amen? Amen? See, when you work unto the Lord with all your heart, you will see your attitude and effort totally change. Totally change. Because when you say, you know what, I'm not doing this for the boss I don't like, right? I'm not working for him. I'm working for God. When you have that mindset, right, you can give, you can put your whole heart into it. Because you're saying, you know what, I'm not doing this for just anybody. I'm doing this for, the, for my creator, for my savior. And that's when you can give full effort. That's when you can have an attitude that's totally changed. You see, you have to go from, I, I, you'll go from I have to work and you, to I get to work, right? You'll we'll wake up in the mornings instead of saying, oh, man, this job is such a burden. You'll wake up and say, thank you, Father, for this blessing. It's going to be a great day at work. And you're going to just be excited about things that you were never excited about before. And it's all going to be because you made a mindset. You had a paradigm shift. You say, you know what? I'm not working for my boss. I'm not working for a customer. I'm not working for a company. I'm working for Christ. Amen? Amen? And so that's the first corner. You see, because what the enemy will try to do is that he will try to convince us to take the shortcut in our responsibilities. That's what he would try to convince us to do. And if it's a responsibility that we're not doing unto God, it's something that was handed to us, but it's something that we don't realize that it is important. And the enemy tries to convince us, hey, take the easy way out or do the most you can just, or do what you can just to get by, right? Do it the least amount it takes to not get fired but also not get promoted. You know what I'm saying? Or do the least amount it takes to pass but not be an A student. And then the enemy tries to convince you to cut corners, but we cannot cut corners in our responsibilities. Amen. And so that's the first a corner principle is we cannot cut corners in our responsibilities. The second corner is relationships. Relationships. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12, it reads this. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close to each other can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? 
A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Did you know that you cannot accomplish your God-given purpose by yourself? I don't know if you knew that. Did you know you can't accomplish what God has for you only if you, if you only do it by yourself, you could do it on your own? It takes collaboration to accomplish your purpose. I know we might have some introverts, or we might have some people who don't like people in, this, in, the, in the house tonight, but let me tell you, if you try to do God's will alone, you're not going to go far, right? What's that, what's that saying that if you want to go fast, go alone, right? But if you want to go far, go together. But I add, I'm going to add something else on there. If you want to go backwards, go with the wrong people, right? Because not only do we need to surround ourselves with people, but we need to surround ourselves with the right people, See, we need to make sure that we have healthy relationships with the right people, not the wrong people. In 1 Corinthians uh, 15.33, it says, right, bad company corrupts what? Good character. Good character. So some of the biggest breakthrough that could happen in your 2020 might be a breakup, right? Might be, might be something where you're saying, you know what, I am looking at my relationships and I'm seeing where am I cutting corners, where am I taking the easy route, where am I... Uh, contradicting my, my values, and you can look at your different relationships, and you can say, hey, you know what? I might have to break up with this person, and it might not just be a boyfriend or a girl or whatever, right? I wish the youth was in here. It might not just be, you know, something like that. It might, just be, it might be a friend. It might be a colleague, somebody who's not lined up with your purpose, and it's making you con- contradict your own calling. we got to make sure that we are have the right relationships with the right people, because you know, right, it's a common saying, right, you're an average of your five closest friends, right? You're an average of your five closest friends, meaning that if you surround yourself with losers, I hate to tell you, then you're probably going to be a loser, right? But if you surround yourself with people who build you up, right, who have values that line up with yours, and let me tell you something, if you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, who are better than you, right, who, who, who inspire you to, to chase you after even more after God, I'm telling you, that's even better because you, want, you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room, let me tell you. You want to be in a room filled with people who are encouraging you, who are pushing you to, to be better, amen, right, who are trying to inspire you to be closer to God. You see, in Proverbs uh, 7, 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So we know that life moves at the speed of relationships, right? We know that, meaning that people can either speed you up or slow you down, right? People are like elevators, right? They either bring you up or down. But what they're saying, that scripture is saying, is saying that if you are made of iron and you're hanging out with people that are made of wood, let me tell you something, all they are is making you a dull Christian, right? They're not sharpening you. They're not pushing you closer to God. And what's, what's more sad than taking out a knife and finding out it's dull, right? It looks pretty, but it has no use, right? It, it looks good, but, but have you ever tried to, like, cut a steak and, with a butter knife? You're not going to have a fun time. It's going to be frustrating, right? It's gonna, but if you iron sharpens iron, if you hang out with people who make you better, I'm telling you, you're gonna, your calling, right, your, your, your purpose is going to become even more relevant because the people around you determine where you're going. I'm telling you, you're the average of your five closest friends. And see, so the enemy knows how important the relationships are in our life, so he wants us, right? He wants us so badly to cut corners in our relationships. 
He wants us to, to contradict our values, to, to contradict our standards. He wants us to choose people who are tearing us down, not building us up. Because he knows that if we are surrounded by the wrong people, right, we won't do the right thing. He knows that if we're surrounded by people who are pushing us farther away from our calling, we're never going to step into our purpose. So relationships, we cannot cut corners in our relationships. But not only are we supposed to uh, this, this focus on our friends, right, but we're supposed to also focus on our family. I know a lot of times we're so focused on getting on with the right friends, but we don't even look at our parents or our brothers or so what aunts or uncles. We don't even look at our family sometimes. But who knows that you can pick your friends, but God picks your family. Amen? And there's a reason for that. Sometimes we can, I know there's some people that feel like, I feel like I'm an alien in my family, right? I feel like nobody, like, I don't feel like how am I related to these people. But let me tell you something. You're not a part of your family by accident, but by purpose. And there's a reason why you're part of that family. And you might be in, in, in the house tonight, and you're saying, I am the only Christian in my family. What do you mean I'm supposed to hang out with them? But I'm telling you, maybe you're in that family because you're supposed to minister to them, right? Maybe you're in that family, and you're supposed to be that light to them, amen? So never take for, for granted where you're at and look around. Sometimes we can uh, take for granted our, our family members and the relationships we have with our parents or brothers, sisters, or whatever. But let me tell you, it's important that we have healthy relationships with our family members, amen? If, if there's one place the enemy wants to attack, right, that's the family, right? The enemy wants to attack the family because if he feels like you don't have a family, he can convince you to go to friends who won't build you up. He can convince you that to make you feel like you don't belong, you're not loved. Let me tell you, we got to focus on, on, on our relationships. See, a, a good way to spot a phony friend, right, is, is to look around, right, in the bad times, right? And it, sometimes I think it's healthy for us to go through a season of challenge because then we find out who our true friends are, right? Sometimes it's in the valleys where we find out who, who is our Jonathan, right? Who is our close friend who will stick us through thick and thin? Those are the people who want to stick around with are the people who, it doesn't matter if you fail or succeed, they're still going to be there for you, right? It doesn't matter what, what, what kind of talent you have or it doesn't matter what's in your bank account or what's not in your bank account. The people are with you no matter what. Those are the friends you want in your life. Amen? Amen? So that's the third, or sorry, second corner is relationships, and the third corner is the physical you. Now, I told you, some of these are very, this is foundational stuff. Some of these are basic and obvious, but they're, they're important. So the physical you. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17 says this, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? See, God will destroy anyone who, who destroys his temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. You see, before Jesus, our bodies were vacant, but now we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before Jesus, right, our bodies were tombs, but now we are temples because of what Jesus did for us. Amen. So meaning, meaning that when you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you better be intentional with how you treat your body. Because we only get one of these, right? It's not like, oh, I got to trade in a new body. No, you only get one body. So we got to take care of it because we are the temple 
uh, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But see, our bodies are no longer desolate shells, but now our bodies are dedicated to the Spirit, meaning that when you dedicate something to God, it doesn't mean that you just turn your back on it or you, or you put it in the back burner. No, when you dedicate something to God, you take care of it, right? It's now holy. If you didn't know this, you are the holy temple of the, holy, of, of the Spirit, right? It, that means that you're not just anybody, but you are somebody in Christ, meaning that Right, you're not. You shouldn't t- treat your bodies like they're anything because they're they're something special. They're the temple of the Holy Spirit. In First Corinthians uh, chapter 16, 19 through twenty, it says this: Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who who lives in you and who has get, who was given to you by God? You see, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. You must honor God with your body. You see, living a healthy lifestyle is not just for the physical you, but it's for the spiritual you also. I believe that when you, when you live a healthy lifestyle, that it's something that God, God blesses that. God blesses when you step out and you say, you know what, because it's not easy to go to the gym a lot or eat healthy or all those things, right? I'm speaking to myself right now, right? It's not the easiest thing, but who knows that it's something that God's favor is on because it's, it's biblical. It's not, so, it's not just a, a practice that we just discovered that exercise is good. No, it's biblical. Take care of your temple. Take care of your body. See, exercise has been shown to improve your mood and decrease feelings of depression, anxiety, and stress. It says that exercise can improve brain function and protect memory and thinking skills, right? I don't think that's by coincidence. I don't think that it's by coincidence that exercise is so healthy for you. I think that's by design. I don't think it's by coincidence that eating right uh, makes you feel better about yourself or, or makes, you, makes that cloudiness go away. I think it's actually designed by God to do that because he said in, his, right, in the word, right, you do not belong to yourself. You belong to God, so take care of your body. So what I'm trying to say is that it might not be the devil attacking you tonight. It might be your diet, okay? I know that's kind of funny, right? It might not be the devil trying to bring you down. It might that we had too much McDonald's. That's why we have a stomachache, right? It might not that, you know, we might not have to call Pastor Bobby. Maybe we just need to call Planet Fitness and schedule a training session, amen? What I'm, what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of things that we think that are incurable that we would actually be able to fix if we were just intentional with our bodies, amen? I mean, I know it's basic tonight. But these are foundational truths that if we stand firm in, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're going to feel better, not, not just physically, but spiritually when you take care of your body. Ephesians chapter 5, 17 through 18 says this, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, I know this is a tough subject, but I don't, I don't believe that if you drink, right, or do that, you lose salvation. I don't believe that. But I do believe that, I do believe that you will desynthesize your spirit, right? I do believe that if you bring in foreign substances, that you don't build up your spirit, man, but that you, you cut them down, right? I believe that, and I know it's getting quiet in here, okay, but I believe, right, that these are things that, we're not supposed to write, says, don't be drunk on wine, right, right? Be drunk with the Holy Spirit, meaning that don't replace anything with God. Amen? Take care of your physical bodies. I know, right, I know there's different 
highs that we can find or different things that, that these things can do to us. But I'm, I'm telling you, if you replace God with that, that's not your spirit, man. That's your flesh. And that's your flesh giving that. But when you say, you know what, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a trust that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning that I'm not going to fill my, my body with things that hurt me or bring me down or make me insensitive to the Spirit. But actually, I'm going to fill myself up with the word, right? I'm going I'm to have the right lifestyle. If you do that, I'm telling you, you will be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit because you're not, you're not bringing it down. You're not watering down the Holy Spirit, right? You're doing things that build up your spirit, man, not tear him down. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you, the number one goal of the enemy is try to create a divide from you and the Holy Spirit. That's the number one goal. Because he knows that if he can separate you from the Spirit, then he can separate your purpose from you also. He knows that, he knows that you can't do things without the power of God. So the number one goal and the reason why we, again, we can't cut corners when it comes to the physical you is because it's, A, it's in the Bible, but also, right, it creates an avenue when we come with, with that mindset that we are the temple of God, that is blessed, right? That has favor on it. Amen? So that is the third corner, and that is the physical you, the physical you. Are y'all, are y'all understanding tonight? Kind of get where I'm coming from? The fourth corner is the spiritual you, the spiritual you. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 through 29, it reads this, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Amen. You see, we live in an unstable world, but we, we serve an unshakable God. Amen. We live in a world where it's up and down, but we serve a God that is constant. Amen. We live in a world where that people are going to let you down. Things are going to let you down. Government's going to let you down. Everything around you will let you down. But if you look to him, the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, the kingdom of God will always be there. Jesus will always be there for you. He will always be faithful towards you. He always will be there when nobody else is. Jesus is there all the time. And let me tell you, we serve such an awesome God that we, we, we don't have to worship him. We get to worship him because it's the reason why we were created. Amen. Did you know that you were created to have a relationship with God? Like, that is why you were created. And so there's a, there's a reason why when we get in the presence of God, we feel at, at our most alive. The reason we feel that is because we are doing the purpose of which we were created for. Because we're meant to have, amen, we're meant to have a relationship with God, meaning that when we worship, right, if, when we worship, when we pray, when we study, when we spend time with God, we are doing the exact reason why God created us. And there's a reason why they say there's no high like the most high, because you are doing what you were created for. And so we have to take care of us, of ourselves spiritually. We have to. We have to. So when we lift up our worship to God, what we're saying is that you know what, Father, we are, of the, we, we are from this world, but we're not of this world, right? We're saying, well, I, I'm part of your kingdom now. I'm not this part of, of anything, right? After Jesus, we were dead, but now with Jesus, we're alive. And so when we worship him, when we pray to him, when we read our Bible, when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, what we're saying is that, Jesus, you are number one in my life. Amen? Jesus, you're the reason why I live. You're saying, Father, now worship is my weapon. Prayer is my purpose, right? The reason why I'm here is not just to sit around, but to spend time with Jesus. Amen? Amen? So the enemy knows, right? And one of the greatest 
aspects that he will try to attack is your quiet time, right? Your devotion time. And what does the enemy try to convince us, right? When, let's say you go a week without praying or something like that. What, do you, what does he try to convince us? He tries to convince you, hey, you've gone too long. You might as well not go back, right? Or he says, or, or you've gone so long without praying, and you've gone so long without, you know, praying in the spirit or really worshiping him or really feeling his presence. You know what? I, and the enemy tries to convince us that we are never able to even go back or experience all that again. But that is such a lie from the enemy, right? See, Here's what's awesome about God is that you don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to cross off things off a checklist. If you want to feel the presence of God, all you have to do is lift up your hands, right, call on the name of Jesus, and he will answer you. He will be there with you. And so that's why it's so awesome. Why, why we have to take care of ourselves spiritually is because when we stay connected to him, when we stay connected to the Holy Spirit, and he is number one, I'm telling you, I'm saying number one in our lives, right? Number, number three, number, number four. When he's number one, right, we put God first, right, we'll never come in last. When we put God first, when we put our relationship with God number one, it'll be crazy. You'll start seeing all your other relationships that used to be out of whack now lining up with him. Right? Because when you put God number one and you put him at the tippy top, he's able to bless everything below it. Right? Everything below it. See, God can't bless anything that you put above him. But that's why when we say, you know what, Father, we put in you number one, we put in your spirit first, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pray every day. I'm gonna be closed fist about this, right? I don't care how my day went, I'm gonna end it with prayer. I don't care how yesterday went, I'm gonna begin tomorrow with worship, right? If you have that mindset and you put your relationship with God, number one, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're gonna just have this clarity of mind, right? Do I have any people who love their devotion time, right? Love their prayer time? You're going to have, right, a clearer mind. You're going to understand what your purpose is. You're going to understand where your direction is. I'm telling you, it is so important to have a devotion life with God. And so let me tell you, do not cut corners when it comes to devotion time. Do not cut corners. Do not take the shortcut. Even like sometimes, you know, I'm tempted a lot of times to say, you know what, Father, it's been a long day. I'll pray in the morning, right? It's, you know, there's been times where I work long and, or something, I'm watching a movie. I'm like, Father, you know, it's like 3 in the morning, you know. I'll sleep a couple of hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's times where I, like, I want to take the shortcut or take the easy way out. But the Holy Spirit always told me this one thing. He always he tells me, is, is Netflix more important than me? Right? He tells me, is sleep more important than me? And he tries it, and he reminds me of who I'm truly serving. Amen? He reminds me of why I'm really here. I'm not here just to watch movies. I'm not on this planet, right, just to sleep. I was created to worship, to love, to pray, to have a devotion life with him. Amen? Amen? Can you all stand up with me tonight? And Haley, as I, as I close, we're going to close with this closing point. You see, when you take shortcuts with your character, you are taking a long way to your calling. When you take the shortcuts with your character, you're taking a long way to your calling. You see, the enemy wants to convince us, take the easy way out, right? Take the shortcut, cut some corners, right? It'll be quicker, right? It'll be faster. And he tries to convince us to do these things when in reality, when we cut corners, when we take the shortcuts with our character, with our convictions, we're not speeding up, we're slowing down. We're not going forwards, we're going backwards. You see, the enemy tried to convince us, right, to cut corners with our responsibilities. He tried to convince us, you don't even like that job anyways, or try to convince us to, to 
do the absolute least to get by and you know, try to convince us to cut the corners with our relationships, right? And he'll try to make our standards go lower and he'll try to convince us to, to, be, to hang around people who we know we shouldn't hang around and we become tempted or, or he, he'll try to convince us to, to cut corners with us spiritually, right? He, he'll try to convince us to skip Devo time. He'll try to convince us to do things that we know we shouldn't do. He'll try to convince us to, to not pray any longer and then he'll try to convince us, right? Cut corners, right, physically, right, to, to, to don't worry about it, right, that's not, not a big deal to do these things. And, and here's the thing, the consequences of cutting corners, what it does to you is that it makes you stop dead in your tracks, right? <laughs> what cutting corners with your values, with your principles, what it does is that it will make you feel stuck in life. What it does, it will make you feel like that you don't have a purpose. When you cut corners with your character, it will make you feel like you don't even have a calling anymore. Or that it make you feel like that nobody wants you there. See, it's so important that we, we stand firm, that we, that we stand firm in this life. Because why? It is promised to us that if we stand firm, what? We will win life. And I think that's so powerful because there are things that we have to stand firm in. There are avenues in our, in, our, in, our, in our life, in our world, that we can't just be, right, passive about. There has to be things in our life that we're saying, no, I'm not cutting corners, enemy. No, I'm not, I'm not taking a shortcut. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, take the easy well with my responsibilities, with my relationships, with, with my physical health or my spiritual health. No, I'm going to be, right, close fist about these things, and I'm not going to let go. Amen? Amen? So what I want us to do tonight, Haley, is as we end tonight with worship and Haley, you know, sings a song, just for a couple minutes, I want us to, to just pray, draw a circle around ourselves and ask God seriously, say, Father, where am I cutting corners? What am I doing? What, where places am I taking a shortcut in? Am I cutting corners in places where I know I should be going all out? Am I doing things, Father, the easy way or am I doing things the right way? Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.